I got to do my victory dance. Yeah, another victory Sunday for the Buffaloes. Victory Saturday. Victory Victory Saturday. Saturday. Tomorrow will be victory Sunday, and Monday will be victory Monday. There we go. Uh, the Buffaloes beat Arizona 24-13, to and we, we have to start with this. We have to start with Jarek Broussard, the running back. 25 rushes, 301 yards, averaged 12 yards per carry in this game. Jarek Broussard is very good at football. 12 yards per carry. A lot... A lot of people have been talking about his yards per carry. It hasn't been that impressive, and a, a big reason why was because they were running the ball in the fourth quarter when the other teams started stacking the box. And tonight, he silences all the yards per carry doubters. He puts up another huge number. He puts on another huge number on top of that huge number, and that stacked up to 300 yards. He hits the 300-yard mark fourth time, I believe, in CU history. Um, that someone has gracious. rushed 300 uh, yards. Chris Brown did it in 2003, I believe, was the last time. Yeah, and um, Colorado really... Uh, Gary Barnett said this on the Buffs broadcast, that Colorado really got things started offensively and just as a team from his two big runs. So there was one that was 75 yards, and then the second one that was 59 yards on the two drives back-to-back where Colorado scored. He, yeah, he, it was very impressive and just the way that he ran with the football and everything that they were able to do running the football tonight was very impressive, obviously, offensively. Um, they sputtered at times for sure, especially early on in that game. It, it took him a while to get a rhythm. <laughs> Poles that looked unbelievable, yeah. unstoppable. Some of those holes, I, I know I retweeted one of them. <laughs> um, but I think the one that was like 76 yards, yeah. the one right at the end that got him to the 300-yard mark, gaping, gaping hole. Uh, I think your you I your aunt could that. have ran through that hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would have taken it to the house, let's be clear there. <laughs> I would have gotten stopped. We see that a, a few people are logged into Facebook Live. So we are live on Facebook right now. Uh, Chase Halvin, Simlot, um, recapping Colorado's win over Arizona. Uh, If you're out there, let us know what you think. Tell us what you saw in today's game, or you can always listen to us afterwards on the Buff Stampede Podcast Network, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Again, Jarek Broussard, we can't say it enough, 301 yards. No touchdowns today, though. No, I shot Clayton Vulture a couple from him um, (laughs) early on. And and we've been seeing that in... Uh, once CU gets in the red zone, they seem to have taken Jarek out. Of course, it was after some big runs as well, so Jarek is a little bit tired at that point. So it it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, he got vultured a couple times. He also probably, if he turned on the Jets a little bit more, he could have taken a few of those to the house. Rob is with us on Facebook Live. Rob says, Broussard, baby, 301 yards, baby. Yeah, Baby! Woo! Um, you know, the one thing about Broussard though, I was watching the game with my dad who doesn't regularly watch Colorado football games. And he said, boy, he's not that fast. I mean, he he seemed to lose a little bit at the end of those long runs. I want to put your dad out there and run some seven yard (laughs) sprints over and over and over and get tackled and see how fast he is at the end of that. Yeah. 
what do you all think? Let us know if you think Broussard is slow. But I don't, I don't think Broussard is... I'm, I, and I'm telling my dad, look, there's that lateral quickness to it. It's not just about foot speed mm. when you're trying burst. to get these quarterbacks yeah, not, who have the 10 distance. yards on you. Yeah, what makes Derek Broussard special is the lateral quickness and the spurts that, that he can... He, where he can just turn those jets on. Shane says, a great win in all three phases. This team will beat you up on both sides of the ball. Yeah, that, especially on the offensive and defensive line. And that, that has, is why they have won their first four games. Uh, the defensive line, the whole front seven has been really good. I feel bad just giving credit to the defensive line on that side of the ball. Um, and obviously the offensive line has been great. Opening up a ton of holes today and giving Sam Neuer pretty good time in the pocket as well. I wouldn't say some of his bad decisions today were because he had limited time. The offensive line has played great. This is these two lines are probably the top in the pack 12. Yeah. I'd be pretty confident in saying that we've already seen them go up against some of the top lines in the pack 12. Um, but you look at those lines that they've beaten like UCLA and Stanford, and those lines have dominated other teams like Oregon yeah, um, and Stanford dominated Washington today. So just by a matter of fact there, I think, uh, I think this is one of the best offensive and defensive lines yeah, in the back. Abs- so the second leading rusher for Colorado, which uh, is a nice segue, Sam Neuer, six rushes for 67 yards. Obviously he had his long run for 54 yards and then one rushing touchdown. So the long run came on that, play where Chance Lytle um, comes around and is the lead blocker from the left guard onto the right side, mm-hmm. and then uh, Sam Neuer gets that big hole, and he runs for 54 yards. They get to the red zone. They do that play again. Neuer runs in for the touchdown. Yep. Yeah, it, Sam ran the ball really well pretty much all night. Um, he also had that other big run that was negated uh, because of the holding penalty, I believe it was, in the first quarter. Um, that one was on third down. Um, and, and so if you add that one, he probably would have had a really good night yeah. running the football. Uh, he, he's a really good running quarterback. I'm confident with him running the ball. He he's just seems like he's comfortable doing that. And he's able to break some tackles as well, even on that big run. Um, he broke broke away from that safety with, safety with the stiff arm uh, to the face and then just kept running. And, and he was hard to bring down. And that's just what you love to see with the quarterback. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um... But uh, Justin, who's with us, Justin says our passing game needs help with an emoji that does not look happy. And I think you're exactly right, Justin. Sam Neuer today, 12 for 19, 92 yards and two picks. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have a word to describe it, honestly. Um, well, let me, let me see if I can help you with this. Rob says um, some of those throws are like, oof. Rob, I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the two interceptions today, obviously, I think the second one was the one that was really bad. Um, that just seemed like he threw it right to that linebacker. The first one, maybe a little unlike a great play by the linebacker who was able to reach out with his arm and snag that ball. Um, probably throwing it in the wrong spot again, but he just uh, like nothing. I don't, he's not throwing anybody open right now. Uh, it seems like on the deep ball, he, when he does throw the deep ball, the guy isn't really open, open. Like he's not behind the defense um, whenever he does throw that. I, I'm just unsure if uh, if he's really comfortable with going through his progressions and, and finding the open guy. 
Uh, what I do like about him is his pocket presence is so much better. He, yeah. he made a couple of really good plays of just knowing when the rush is coming to him, but he's making some bad decisions throwing the football right now. Um, and, and clearly the coaching staff isn't happy with him about it. Darrell got a little bit upset with him after that second one, which I, I don't think is a big deal. I should know they're in the heat of the moment in the middle of a game. Yeah. Um, but obviously yeah. that is something they're going to have to work on over so, the next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're talking about that interception and both interceptions. I kind of felt like he stared his receiver down and then threw it a little bit behind them or didn't, wasn't necessarily as accurate with the throw as you would have liked him to be. And that's, that's why they got picked. And then in the second interception, you obviously saw Carl Durrell and Neuer get into a shouting match. Chev and Neuer get into kind of a, a heated discussion and, and over on the Fox sports one broadcast, they made, they made quite a bit out of that. Yeah, of course they did. It's television. But I, I do think those are the types of conversations you get, especially when you're winning football games. They're, they're competitive. They want to win. Everybody yeah, but he didn't uh, even throw, to win that football game. He didn't even throw for 100 yards today. I mean, it, it wasn't a great performance from him. I don't, I don't think it was a good performance from him either. No, His quarterback it, rating is 82.8. Which, which is much better than uh, what Drew Locke's been putting up. But. Anyway, we, this is uh, not a Broncos 12, 12 for 19, two interceptions is, yeah, it, it's, unex, I, it's unacceptable. And we kind of talked a little bit during the pregame show that he needs to um, be able to manage. Uh, he needs to become a, a very good game manager. And if he can become more than that, then great. But he needs to be able to manage. And, and I don't know if he did a great job of that tonight. Obviously, they end up with the, the win, but it's that one interception in the red zone, those types of bad decisions yeah. um, that's not helping your team win this football game. Well, I think the the receivers may not have helped him as much either. I think Levante Chenault might have had two drops, and KD Nixon had that one big drop on a deep pass that looked like it was perfectly thrown. KD just jumped early on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that deep ball seemed very catchable, and I, I think a Tall, I, I don't want to be uh, heightest here, but I think a taller wide receiver probably would have caught that ball. Um, he, he slowed up a little bit, and then it ended up behind him. It was kind of a, a weird play there. Um, but, yeah, they def, definitely didn't help him. Levante had a couple drops. They're still not really going targeting Dimitri Stanley. We talked about that on the no. pregame show, and obviously last week. But he ended up with three targets tonight, which I just don't think is enough for a receiver of his talent. And the one, And it seemed like the two times that he did – yeah, he was 22, 22 yards per catch tonight, um, and you target him three times. That's just that's I, I don't understand um, what you're trying to do offensively throwing the football right now. Yeah, and I and I wrote down both of the plays where um, Dimitri Stanley caught the ball. It was the first catch of the second drive in the third quarter was went for twelve yards, and then in that the was his first quarter, catch. Yeah. And and then the fourth quarter, um, so his first catch didn't come until the 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 second drive in the third quarter, and then his um, second catch was in the fourth quarter. It was that tunnel screen. Um, it looked like he could have taken it forever, but all the wide receivers were just in front of him. So he yeah yeah the, the linemen yeah oh, sorry yeah they, the linemen they were yeah. building a wall for him yeah out there um. <laughs> and he just ran into him. Yeah, he didn't really take the right lane there. <laughs> uh, but he's the type of guy that you just get the ball in his hands and it seems like he's going to do he's something He's electric, for you. yeah. 
And, and it, so the, I don't understand. It, why, it feels why like they've, they've kind of wasted him out on the field the last two games. And I don't know whether that's a virtue of KD Nixon being back. Nixon wasn't really that good either today. He was, he had three catches for 15 yards. His longest play was 13. So two more catches for two yards. Yeah, five yards on average. Yeah. Um, doesn't work for a receiver. Uh, and, and the only ball that he didn't catch, he didn't necessarily have a drop because that deep ball, um, I don't know if it does go down graded as a drop, but um, he had four targets, three catches. So it's not like he was completely terrible. Yeah, it, it was those balls, those 50 50 balls, they're tough to. I, I don't like calling them a drop because it's not like it just hit his hands and fell out. You you have to go out there and make a play. Okay. It's a debatable topic. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree on that. Um, so let's move on to the defense now. Shane. Yeah, is let's talk what... about the good the good part about this Buffalo. Okay, team. go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the defense is unbelievable. Um, we gotta give credit, obviously, to Nate Landman, who's been yeah. the beast. But it's outstanding. Our... Carson Wells, too, has been really, really good. I don't even know if I could pick an MVP of this defense right now. I think they've both been so, so good. Yeah, Shane, um, Shane, who uh, is commenting on our uh, Facebook page, says, no offensive points after the first drive for U of A. I think he means the first couple of drives for U of A. But, yeah, um, after the first quarter, they didn't score. Yeah, and, and a big reason why they were able to score. Uh, maybe it just means no touchdowns because didn't they score the touchdown oh, yeah, on the maybe first, that it, yeah. first drive and then kick the field goal Sorry, after that? they had that. a field goal in the second quarter. They had a touchdown and a field goal in the first quarter. But that field goal in the second quarter came at the very beginning. So since then, Colorado did not let Arizona score at all. Yeah, So um, and the big reason for the couple of field goals, I believe, was really good field position. Um, one of them came after yeah. a turnover, and one was a really good uh, punt return that they ended up getting the ball on CU's 40. Uh, so they really didn't drive the ball all the way down the field outside of that first drive um, where it just seemed like they ran the ball really well. And then CU made their adjustments clearly um, and were able to stifle the run a little bit better. Big reason for that, Nate Landman had 16 tackles, three and a half for loss. Carson Wells, 11 tackles, yeah. four for loss. Uh, they seem to be behind the line of scrimmage on pretty much every play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought uh, Nate Landman, <laughs> I loved the shot at the very end of the game where they had him, where he was bleeding on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, that is how a Dick Butkus Award or a finalist is supposed to look, I think, is what they said on the Fox Sports broadcast, which Just I say, thought was say, hilarious. Yeah. Let's say that? what it is. The, the Dick Buckus Award winner. We, we got to start getting him in the conversation <laughs> um, because clearly he deserves it. There's a lot yeah. of good linebackers Absolutely. out there in the country. But I don't know if there's a linebacker that's been as crucial to his football team no. as Nate Landman. And, and um, defensively, the stats for – you mentioned Nate Landman, Carson Wells – their stats are just eye-popping. So Nate Landman, 16 total tackles, 12 solo tackles, one sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. Carson Wells, 11 tackles, seven solo, one and a half sacks, four tackles for loss. And then Isaiah Lewis and Darian Rakestraw both had seven sa- uh, tackles as well. Jonathan Van Deest filling in for the, um, what do you call it, paternity leave, Akil Jones, had five total so. tackles. Four of them were solo. But the Buffaloes had five sacks in this game, and all five of them came on third downs that stopped the drive there. 
Yeah, they they were really good at getting pressure on third down, and that's kind of what they needed to do tonight. Uh, I had talked a little bit pregame about uh, Arizona's offensive line and just kind of how depleted and really how bad it's been all year long. So they had to get after the quarterback and cause problems for Will Plummer, and they did that on pretty much every third down. Um, they were in the backfield, and, and he was really strong. It seemed like when he was able to make a throw, he had pressure right in his face. Uh, I remember that one that I think it was on fourth down, fourth and goal, um, and he had pressure right in his face, and he kind of just lobbed it, and Makai Blackman was able to, uh, I guess, drop the interception but swat it down. <laughs> they they were in the backfield every single time yeah. that they had to cause pressure. When it was a passing down situation, Tyson Summers dialed something up, and they were able to get back there. Um, so credit to Summers. He did a great job, I thought, throughout, throughout this game, really making the adjustments after Arizona um, got going early and then obviously dialing up pressure all throughout that game. If you're watching us on Facebook, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on this game. It obviously was not a perfect game for Colorado. It seemed to me like they got lucky on a few drives. Uh, but you know what they say, it's better to be lucky than good. Um, obviously, uh, <laughs> that's what they say about my golf game. I don't, yeah. Is that what they say about football as well? Jarek Jarek Broussard was very good, though, not trying to discredit him or anything. 301 rushing yards in today's game. Ashad Clayton obviously had two touchdowns in this game. He came in to clean it up for Jarek Broussard. And we're hearing from some people who are watching us on Facebook Live. Justin says, so much talent at receiver, inexcusable. And then he said, this this is the real meat of it. He said, what are your thoughts on the secondary I feel like we may be leading the Pac-12 in pass interference penalties. Thoughts, maybe I'm nitpicking, he said. I don't think you're nitpicking. Uh, those pass interference penalties are I, really getting on my nerves. This has been a topic of discussion, I think, after every game. We didn't talk about it last game just because, because San Diego State barely threw yeah. the football. Yeah, yeah, and San Diego State, <laughs> if they did throw the football, if, the ball wasn't anywhere close to a receiver, yeah. so it didn't matter. <laughs> Uncatchable. Um, but especially in the first two games, we, we were talking about this and it was starting to become a problem. The corners and safeties just are not taught to turn around. I, I, I've said that all season that they, we knew about this going into the year, um, that Demetrius Martin, the quarterback's coach had a history of, of his corners, not turning around and it continues to be a problem four games into the season. And, and there's something you have to do about that. They're going to call it's. So easy for an official to throw the flag when the corner or safety makes no effort to yeah. turn around and try to play on the ball. It's like you can like, close uh, your eyes and make that call. Yeah, so obviously the one that was on Mark Perry was pretty um, obvious pass interference there. He got there way early. But the one right before that on Isaiah Lewis where Isaiah was running with that guy all the way down the field and just never turned around, he had really good coverage. And I think if you just – turned around and swatted the ball yeah. they don't call it call it there but he had no idea where the ball is the ball ends up underthrown, and it's a really easy um for the ref to throw the flag yeah, chase there. is referring and, to that uh play in the uh end zone where where the ball was way underthrown, but the defender just goes in and tackles the receiver for arizona which to yeah, me is just mind-boggling <laughs> yeah i think that ball just hang hung up in the air for a really long time at least that's what the announcer said so that's one excuse the other excuse for both of those guys uh Trujillo and Perry that were back there in coverage they have to know where the ball is you just yeah you you have to have an idea (laughs) um 
<laughs> trying to time a ball like that up is very difficult. We see it sometimes on those like like a five yard hook, for example, and you can kind of time it up and hit them right when the ball's coming. But when it's a forty yard deep ball, turn around and find that football. Um, and yeah. Just make- and there there were two two pass interference penalties on that Isaiah Lewis at the beginning of the drive, and then um, and then uh, Perry Mark Perry, yep, yeah, Mark Perry at the end of the drive. And then Arizona luckily ends up turning it over on downs in the end zone where they tried uh, what to me does not make any sense, a fade pass on fourth down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's part of the thing. That was kind of what I was saying earlier is they were just getting so much pressure um, on the quarterback that you almost had to call something like that because they didn't have enough time for any routes to develop. Um, Plummer just had to get rid of the football. So I, I kind of see Arizona's point of view there, but yeah, you that's not a very high percentage play for fourth down. <laughs> yeah, Shane Shane is still with us. Shane says, um, very few penalties again, few hiccups, and everyone seemed to be where they need to be well prepared. Yeah, a couple of early penalties, I yeah. thought. Um, and, and that was a big reason for Arizona jumping out to that lead. Uh, and then obviously the pass interference was late in the game. But for most, for the most part in the second half, um, there weren't any crucial penalties. So I was listening to this game on the radio for a little bit, uh, just trying to flip back and forth. And at the in the first quarter, where Colorado really was struggling, and when you, where you saw the penalties on the stat sheet, it doesn't look that bad. They had two penalties for 15 yards. But what um, what Gary Barnett was saying on the radio was that those penalties either extended a drive, gave Arizona a first down, or they killed a CU drive, which is why they couldn't get anything done on offense. Right, yeah. The, there was that one where Sam scrambled on third down, got the first down, and they had to bring it back for holding. Um, and yeah, and those are that's an obvious one that's going to kill your drive every single time. Um, but those are the penalties that you can't take, and it just seemed like they didn't take those in the second half. Um, speaking of stalling drives in the first quarter, I think we we need to talk about Chev. Um, what in God's name was he thinking with that trick play? Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. The, sometimes I, I don't want to be too critical because it's tough to call plays. And, yeah. And I've probably a bunch of times this week, and it probably worked every single time when you practiced it. <laughs> and then you call it, and it just gets completely blown up. But, um, yeah, there were a couple of those. And, like, the screen pass to KD Nixon early on in the first quarter – um, that they ended up losing five yards immediately. Yeah. Although I don't know if he was ever down on that play, but there was just a couple of those that seemed like that was never going to work. And, and just Chev overall, I thought he did call a really good game, though, because he, he ended up making the adjustments that he needed to, um, and they started really running the football, especially in the second quarter. They broke a couple of those big runs, um, and the offense started getting comfortable. He didn't put too much pressure on Sam in the second half. Um, and so I thought he did a good job that they did what they had to do. And he was creative, I thought, within the play calling. With, you know, we talked about the tunnel screen, um, how they set that up, and then obviously um, the Sam Neuer designed runs. I thought those were, were, were drawn up beautifully. So I, I don't think it was a bad play calling effort by uh, Darren Cheverini, but um, just in the first quarter, a couple of those things were a little mind boggling to me. Yeah, the, definitely, and I know people were already critical of him in the first quarter, and they they started to have flashbacks to 2018 
yeah. um, when his offense completely stalled and that's just not <laughs> the case at all. I think what makes her a good coach is being willing to make adjustments and, and making the right adjustments. And I think both defensive coordinator Tyson Summers and offense coordinator Darren Chevrini did a great job of that in this game today. Um, what did you think about Durrell's, um, Durrell's, I guess, management of this game? I had are we going to talk about another fourth down? down? Yeah. <laughs> are we, we going to talk about that fourth down well, again? I'll tell you what. I've got three plays written down here. So uh, last drive of the, of the first half, Buffaloes get the ball back with about a minute to go, and they just run the ball, run the clock out, and go back into the locker room. Are you okay with that? Up by one. It, you, to me, yes. Um, it, this offense is not throwing the ball great. Um, you don't want to force anything. You don't want to force a turnover and then end up being down, heading back into the locker room. You had just flipped the momentum. The momentum was all the way on Arizona's side, and then you flipped the momentum. Now you have all the momentum, 14-13, and you're going to get the ball to start the second half, um, which is obviously going to keep your momentum. So I think there was actually the right decision to, to just run it out um, and, and get the ball to start the second half. All right, fourth down and one at their own 40. This was the one I knew you were going to talk Darrell about. punts, and then Neuer uh, on the sideline, Fox Sports, slowed <laughs> it down for us, gave it to us in slow motion where he mounts, are you kidding me? Shout out to uh, Fox Sports sideline camera guy today. I think he had, he had himself a, <laughs> Their producers a great, were nailing it today. <laughs> I think he had a great performance tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, again, and... There's different situations for different teams. Um, in, in this one, your defense is playing great. You're going up against a true freshman quarterback. Um, so you give it back, and obviously they did give it back, and Arizona went three and out. So hindsight's twenty twenty there. Um, it kind of ended up being the right decision. But on the other hand, you're running the ball great. They can't stop the run at all. Um, you have a running quarterback that is very difficult to tackle. Um I would have loved to see the QB sneak or whatever it is there. You just pick up the yard, keep the drive, don't go and keep melting the clock. You are on your own 40, so it's tough. I think if, if you get over that 50-yard line, that's where you can make the decision to go for it. Um, so to me, that one is more 50-50. I, I don't know if I have, can take a side there. All right, and then the decision to put a shot. Wait, do you have an opinion? You're just asking me for my opinions? Look, I'm, I'm always the guy that wants to go for it. I'm just... You know, that's, that's just the, the I guess, the uh, sitting on my couch, it's easy for me to go for it with nothing on the line. Um, yeah, I, I, I think my first instinct is to always go for it. But when you go back and, and I think about this, it, I, I start thinking about it in the coach's head. And I'm like, all right, maybe I understand why, why yeah. they want to keep kicking. I, I understand, too. I'm just more of a fake punt pass kind of guy when you're playing Madden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I think a lot of our fan brains go to. Is, yeah. You go um, for it every time when you're playing that. Durrell putting in a shot Clayton at the goal line. Do you like that? Yeah, I, I think I think Ashad solidified himself as the second running back tonight. Yeah. Um, you, you look even at, at the stat sheet, it's pretty obvious. But uh, they've been trying Joe Davis and they've been trying Jaron Mangum and they just can't get anything going. And um, obviously they tried Ashad first tonight. He ends up averaging six yards for carry, per carry. Obviously, ends up in the end zone. It could have been more than six yards per carry if that end zone wasn't there. Um, and you look <laughs> at the other two guys, and you have two point four and one point five. And um, 
Those guys, that's been basically been the number for those two guys this entire season. They're just, they just don't have the same burst that a shot no. has. It just seemed like when a shot got the ball, it looked a little bit different tonight. Um, and I think he's got to be your running, your second running back going I forward. Do, I do too. I really liked um, the way he looked out there. Jaron Mangum, they gave him five rushes, 12 yards, uh, 2.4 yards per carry. And then Joe Davis came in for four rushes, six yards. Um, one and a half yards per carry. So it wasn't um, that neither of them looked good to me. I think Ashad Clayton really, I think, separated himself from the rest of the pack. I thought it was really exciting to see him out there, especially, you know, you've got Jarek Broussard who gets this big run. Um, I think it was, I have the numbers written down, 75 yards, 59 yards. He's 5'9", 185. Ashad Clayton comes in six feet. 200 yards. One of them is lying about their numbers because there is no way only three inches separates them. But either way, Ashad Clayton looks so much bigger. He looks about Sam Neuer's size, and he's able to punch it into the end zone. Yeah, and he shows tremendous bursts and obviously just has a knack for the end zone. You can see that um, on his tape in high school. I also want to give a shout-out to another running back that played a lot tonight. It's Who's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but Jaylee Stacks, the other true freshman, Running back played a lot tonight. He played a lot of uh, H-back and tight end. And he was actually one of the lead blockers. Uh, you were talking about that chance Lytle play yeah. where he was the pulling guard. Uh, Stax was the other guy that was leading the charge there, blocking. They also had him as a fullback for a couple plays on the goal line. Um, and it was pretty cool to see him. And he was knocking some guys backwards. He is massive. He's like 235, 240 pounds. <laughs> He's not a guy that I'd, I'd want to get in front of no. on, on defense. Um. We got a comment from the big dog, uh, Adam Munster Tiger. Oh, yeah, the boss looks, man. Looks like he's he's uh, he's been tuning in. He says I've been having to go back and forth with a poster that had two fire Durrell threads with political commentary moved over to the no hold bars board. No holds oh, barred board. FML. <laughs> Oh, so it looks like it's been a great night on the message boards tonight. <laughs> it looks like we're having a good day on the message boards over on uh, BuffStampede.com. There's still that guy, uh, there was that guy last week that was talking about Jarek Broussard and said that he's only good because he gets a ton of carries every game. Is that guy still talking? <laughs> he got board? less carries today with more yards. I think he had yeah, 35 I, I think, or so well, last game. Today he had 25 for 301. I wouldn't be surprised if Jay Bruce saw that uh, comment because he came out and wanted to prove something today. Well, <laughs> 12 yards. Do you think Jarek Broussard's numbers would have been this big if he didn't have those big runs today? <laughs> I don't know, Vinay. Good question. <laughs> um, John actually had a pretty uh, interesting comment. He said, so many comparisons to the 2002 team. This was like watching that team. Neuer's playing like Hodge, and we have Broussard playing like Brown with a three-four, three to four deep group of running backs. That team was probably before both of your times. I was four. Yeah, we were both four. <laughs> but um, I do know that that was the last time Colorado was three and zero in Pac-12 play. Well, in conference, or in play, conference play. Sorry, yep. they were in the Big Twelve. Yep. Um, but yeah, and obviously, I think the run game is very similar. Um, you, you had a guy that. Uh, Broussard actually beat his record today in Chris Brown. Um, and then a bunch of guys running behind him that were really good running backs as well. 
Um, so I, I definitely see the comparisons. I, I wasn't there to watch every game, um, but I think the run game, the, the style is very similar. We have a, I think Jake Shapiro tweeted this. It, we have an undefeated Buffs team in December and they're doing it, running the football. We're back to the 90s, early 2000s. This is the CU football that a lot of uh, the older fans are used to. Is, uh, is, was Hodge a game manager? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know about Hodge, but they did have quite a few quarterbacks back then that, that were known for their game managing skills. We'll put it that way. Um, so Shane, <laughs> Shane chastised us um, for talking about the fourth and one decision. He said, that's the stuff you talk about on a losing day. We haven't had any so far this year. Well, no, sorry. No, what happened? is these decisions build up and then it's it's really easy to pick on them when they lose but it's a, it, i think to to lay down the groundwork is a little bit different uh yeah. because there's obviously going to be proof i think that that kind of happened when mcintyre was that coach as well yeah um so i i do want to touch on one thing um i know this is kind of a downer subject but it was chance Lytle. um he went down obviously in the um I think that was the third quarter um, with that nasty, nasty-looking injury. And you saw the doctor come out and immediately ask for the cart. Um, but then what, what you saw out of Colorado was the entire team got onto the field. And th- they were kind of supporting their guy. Um, I just thought that was a, a beautiful moment from the Buffaloes. Yeah, a great sign to, of showing uh, how much this team loves each other. Um, and how much they care about each other. And I, I think it was Sam that actually led the charge over there and yeah. everybody followed him to go join him. Um, shows how, how much, how well Chance Lytle is liked um, in this locker room, obviously. And so we're all hoping for the best for Chance and hoping for a speedy recovery, yeah. wh- whatever his injury is. It looked like uh, he got landed on back there. It, it could be pretty much anything, but it, yeah, I, I don't want to speculate on an, on an injury or anything, yeah. but we're hoping for the best for him. Offensive line obviously came uh, – Cannon Ray came in and replaced him and looked pretty good doing it. Casey Roddick slid over to left guard. Cannon Ray went in at right guard. Um, and, and it seemed like that offensive line didn't really meet, miss a beat. So that's a good sign for things going forward. But obviously we're hoping for the best for Chase. And Durrell said in the postgame press conference, he said that – it's a lower leg injury. They don't know. Um, they weren't going to be more specific about it there. Um, but they said that they think he'll need surgery. So he's probably done for the season. Yeah, that, that is likely. And it just continues. This, uh, this offensive line just continues to get beat up. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries. Obviously, we talked about center. But uh, they've had to move a lot of guys around. And they just keep on playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, staying on the subject of the leadership of this team, Brian Howell um, apparently told the folks over at Fox Sports that this is the best group of this is the best leadership he's seen on a Colorado football team since 2016. We remember that magical season where the Buffaloes were ranked, went to the Pac-12 championship, lost there and then ended up going to the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I, and I I I agree with him, actually. Um, you, you look at the leaders that they have on this team. I think it starts with Nate Landman on defense, obviously. Um, but he has guys around him. Darion Rakestraw is a great leader in the secondary. Uh, Mustafa Johnson, obviously, with the defensive line. 
And then you go on the offensive side of the ball. Will Sherman's a great leader. Um, they have some senior leadership in Katie Nixon. And then Sam Neuer, I think, um, is a guy that everybody kind of wants to get behind just because of his, his whole style um, and the way he plays. Uh, it ma- makes him a really good leader, and I've always thought he's had great leadership intangibles. Um, so just this entire team, I think, encompasses leadership, and it, it does remind me a little bit of the 2016 team in that way. And just something quick, I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly or anything like that, but just something to watch for. Colorado gave up 268 yards rushing today to Arizona. Yeah, and, and a big chunk of that was early on in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, I, yeah well, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back. Usually I can find some of those things when you go back and watch the tape of what Arizona was doing with their run game that was causing CU a lot of problems. Um, I Yeah, I, I don't really have a, a big guess right now, but we have to mention Akil Jones. I think missing yeah. him was huge, um, and, and having him back will, will really benefit this team just – it seemed like they missed him, especially early on, um, and just how, how much of a steady Eddie he's been for them. And just to be clear, Colorado gave up, I think it, the number is 106 rushing yards in the first quarter. Just the first quarter. They gave up 106 rushing yards. So it was quite the, um, <laughs> it was quite the, the, the rushing quarter for, uh, for Arizona. Yeah, the, yeah, they seem to really have their way, and see, so you made the right adjustments later. Um, I was impressed with Arizona's running backs too. I, yeah. I thought they both had a really good game. They're um, both big running backs I, who can fly. Yeah, yeah, they had good speed, uh, and they were switching off between. Them. Uh, I, I don't have the roster in front of me, but number zero and number six, I know. Um, were carrying most of the load for them, and, and they were causing a lot of problems for Colorado. So credit to Arizona; they had a great run scheme. Obviously, because nobody's been able to run the football like that against this CU team so far this year. Uh, it just wasn't enough for them tonight. Um, another quick defensive note. Um, Colorado got picked on a little bit. Um, not, um, yeah, Gonzalez got picked on a little bit as a corner, but you expect that. Yeah. Um, I. So the secondary is an interesting debate, and we've yeah. talked about the past appearances. I, I haven't been that disappointed in the secondary. Maybe I'm just so used to what the secondary <laughs> has looked like the past few years um, that this seems like much improvement, that they're they're not getting burned as much as they were um, in the past few years. And obviously we can talk about the past interferences, but besides that, I, I don't think – I think they have had a pretty good season. Nigel Bethel obviously comes in. Yeah, the um, interception. And gets the interception. Um, so they have a lot of guys there at corner. I know K- KJ Trujillo, he played a little bit at safety, but he can also play corner, played a, a bit tonight. Um, so they have some guys they like. And, yeah, I, I mean, they're going to pick on the true freshman. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and he's been really good all season for a true freshman. Hey, if you're uh, watching us on Facebook Live, we still want to hear from you. Uh, it's not too late. Let us know what you thought about today's game. Let us know how you think everyone performed. Justin asked, is Russell coming back soon? We miss him in the passing game. Yeah, well, I think we know. uh, Is this public information? I'm just going to say Russell's injury is a high ankle sprain, um, which means that you could basically come back at any time. It could feel really good at any time, but it is also the most lingering injury possible. Uh, If you remember back in 2016, Sefo Lufau had that injury for pretty much the entire season. Yeah. 
uh, he would he was just off and on of coming back, and then he'd get hit one time at that ankle, and he'd be done for the game. So um, even if he does come back, it, he might not be back for good. Um, I would have liked to see more Matt Lynch tonight. I'd, I'd heard that he had warmed up, but he didn't play. Um, they've been very banged up at tight end. Alec Pell, who actually switched from linebacker like two weeks ago, played a lot at tight end tonight. Um, so that was kind of good to see. I already mentioned Jay Lee Stacks. They used him as a blocker a lot in that position. Um, so they're finding some guys, but they don't have the same receiving weapon no. um, that Brady Russell has been for this team. C.J. Schmansky had one reception today for nine yards. Obviously, you'd love to have Brady Russell back just as a, you know, as a leader on the field, yeah, too. You know? Yeah, I didn't even get to mention him when we were going over the leaders just because yeah. I kind of forgot about I was going over the roster we saw today. But, yeah, he's a huge uh, leader for this football team and has done a really good job with that. I know he... He tweeted that he, he was almost about to shed a tear. He was so proud of the boys today. Uh, so, Chase, so that's obviously good to see. And he's been he's kept in good spirits. Yeah. And I do think we'll see him back eventually. So Chase yeah. might possibly be breaking some news here on the uh, Buff Stampede oh. postgame podcast, I guess. Uh, we'll see if it's public. Uh, Kirk said um, the cute plays didn't work in the first quarter. Pretty much was a huge disaster when everything else was working fine. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I Chase, think we, we kind of did Chase has, cover this, but do, do you want to expand? Cause yeah. you seem like you. So Chase has a problem um, criticizing um, um, Chev for the, the, the cute plays in the first quarter. Um, Cause it's, it's hard to be a play caller. I agree with that. But when you're able to run the ball as consistently or as they did in that in the early part of that first quarter, I, I don't think it's necessary to have those cute plays built in. But the other thing that I think it's important to remember is that um, at that point in the game, he's probably calling off a script. So that was probably mm-hmm. planned. They probably put that in there before today's game and decided that it, it, it would be a good idea to run, which is even more concerning to me. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. That it's not. It, once you get later in the game, Chev's calling plays off of feel. He's calling plays off of the game flow and all of that. And I'd much rather judge him off of that than what he's calling what his first ten. Yeah, but who plays puts that on their play sheet? Well, like I said, Vinay, <laughs> they probably practiced it this week, and it probably worked every single time. That's what happens sometimes in football. Like, okay, they probably won't that play if it wasn't working in practice it's okay. not like the first time they've ever called it that that's where i kind of take chef's side a little bit but okay. yeah kirk kirk you've it. started a rift between chase and i um kirk has another he question too he says what's up uh, okay i was just gonna say chef chef might have learned here eventually that hey we're this is just a running football team all you gotta do is yeah. run the football run, run the, the damn gosh ball. darn ball um, Kirk, Kirk also said, has the Pac-12 figured out Sam Neuer? Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, that, they, that they have film, so head. I think there, there's yeah. a good argument yeah. to be made there that there was no film on him before, and now there's definitely something there. Uh, I, I just don't know exactly, and I'm going to have to go back and watch the tape. Like, how often does he have receivers open? Um, and he's just not seeing them because it just didn't seem like a lot of them were open tonight. Um, and so it, I, I don't want to judge either side before I get another look at that. But um, there's definitely something there. That, that you can definitely make an argument. Once you get stuff on tape, it, 
we've seen this happen before. Um, yeah. it, it just becomes a lot easier to prepare for. I, I, I'm telling you the thought crossed my mind during today's game, so I don't think that's a, that's a wild um, assumption. Maybe we just have a running quarterback. <laughs> He's just a guy. I think let, let's just go back to uh, Darren Hagen days and, and let's just run a triple option. Let's just go for it. Oh, Lord. Yeah, bring Air Force in and play the triple option with them. See how it feels on the other the other end. Um, Aaron is asking, is Mangum done two straight games, no touches, no appearances? He had a couple of appearances. Um, he had a couple of touches today. Uh, he was... Five uh, touches, yeah, yeah five, five touches, touches for 12, for 12 yards. yards. But yeah, I think, I, I, I think he's lost his job to Ashad Clayton, or at least he deserves to. Yeah, yeah, he's just he hasn't performed, and they've tried. I know they didn't give him the ball last week, but they tried to give him the ball the first two weeks, and he just can't break anything. It just doesn't seem like he has the same burst right now. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with him. Yeah, um, there there could be something going on, physical wise, mental wise, something um, that we don't know about. But he does not seem to be the same Jaron Mangum that we got used to last year. All right, looking forward to the Pac-12 picture, the rankings. Um, Stanford won today. That's good news for Colorado. Great news. Great news for the resume. Um, they didn't just win. They pretty much dominated that Washington team, an undefeated Washington Husky team. Um, so obviously that's great for the resume. Stanford was practicing at a park the other day, um, and they still go in and beat the Huskies. So great for Stanford, uh, and obviously great for CU's resume. I, I, I'm interested in this UCLA-ASU game tonight. I know the Buffs really need UCLA to win. Um, I, it was just getting started when we started this podcast, so I don't know how that's going. And then USC is playing tomorrow. That'll also be a big game for Colorado. In terms of the standings, just to um, if, if USC loses, then Colorado will have a good shot at being in the Pac-12 tournament representing the South. But if USC wins... The championship. Yeah. What are you talking Pac-12 about? Basketball there? Oh, man. I'm switching back and forth. I'm already on to Tennessee. Aaron says uh, uh, yeah, UCLA is uh, up 7 nothing. So uh, good news yeah. for Colorado right now. Yeah, yeah, great news. I just checked that. They're in the middle of the second quarter. Um, yeah, if UCLA can pull that out, I know it helps the scenarios, and it obviously helps CU's resume. So it's kind of a double winner uh, to be rooting for UCLA tonight. And then we, the bus really need to be rooting for UCLA next week. Um, I believe, because that's when they'll be taking on the Trojans, and that's when uh, CU will really need a win out of the Bruins. Um, just real quick, before we, um, we, we we move on to next week, Kirk wants to say, were you guys willing to hear both sides of the equation when Nor- Neuer and Durrell were arguing, or does Sam need to back down and take his seat there? Uh, yeah. To me, and I, I, I get it, like it, it's his bad it's his bad it's he's the one that made the bad decision on the field um but i don't mind seeing that type of conversation i just you you get emotional during the games and you get heated um and clearly he was able to clear his head a bit i know they showed him throwing the football um and he was able to get his head back into the game so yeah i i, I think i would rather see him just walk back to the bench but it's not something that i'm completely worried about him or like his attitude or anything like that yeah, um, I just, you know, I've, I've never been a fan of players yelling at their coaches. I mean, I just think of it, I know it's not a good um, comparison, 
But if, you know, I wrote a bad game story and I went up to Adam afterwards and started yelling at him, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it would go. Adam's a very nice guy, but I don't know if it would go Adam over. Adam tells well. you this, this is a piece of crap and, a, and you just start arguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sports might be the only time you're able to, like, really argue with your boss. Like, yeah. uh, like screaming match over something you might have done wrong. I don't know how some work environments are, but, yeah, that's not something that I, I would have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, next up, Utah. It's a Friday night game in Boulder. Friday night, that'll make things uh, very interesting. Obviously, six days to prepare. Not great. Or five days, really, to prepare. You, you start on sun, midday Sunday. Um, they have to fly back and all of that stuff. Should be... An interesting game. Utah is playing tonight, so I really don't know about Utah. They haven't looked very good most of the season. Uh, it took them a while to even play their first game. We'll find out a little bit more tonight. But honestly, it, this is not the Utah of old. Um, or maybe not of old, but the Utah that we're used to, really, over the past few years. Um, so it it shouldn't be as much of a challenge as Utah normally is. Um, but Utah is always a challenge. We know it's going to be a physical football game. And they're going to want to bring their best. They're going to want to knock off the undefeated Buffs. And um, Bulls. Let's talk about Bulls. NY6? <laughs> I think that's all we got to talk about right now <laughs> for talking about the 4-0 Buffs. Um, but, yeah, so I guess some interesting bowl movement this week. The Sun Bowl got – I got to make sure I get this right. So the Vegas Bowl got canceled and the Sun Bowl got canceled. Um, they added the Armed Forces Bowl in Texas. So it was a net minus one of Pac-12 tie-ins, but at least they were able to get that bowl in Texas. I don't know if it's going to matter at this point. Um, we'll see. I mean, CU would really have to lose probably their last two games to end up in the Armed Forces Bowl. I think if they just lost one more game, then they would probably end up in at least the Alamo Bowl, if not an NY6 Bowl. So, uh We'll see how it all shakes out. Their bowl out. This I'm ready to talk about bowl eligibility. I know last week I was a little <laughs> bit scared, but I'm ready now. Um, I think four games pretty much locks up that they're going to be able to find a spot for this. Aaron says we need some type of passing game to beat Utah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll see. I want to get a good look at Utah tonight and just see yeah. what they're able to do. But um, I. Washington handled Utah pretty easily, and Washington doesn't throw the ball very well. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. They're, well, they're going to have to improve. They're going to have to improve the passing game yeah. from today. But you I don't, don't think it's going to be one-dimensional. Right, and I don't know, Vinay. This is a one-dimensional football team, and they do a good job of it at this point. Maybe, maybe um, if Neuer can run the ball. We say it's one-dimensional, but when you have a quarterback like yeah. Sam Neuer, um, that they have to worry about running the football, it adds another dimension. I want to see some screen passes, Dimitri Stanley. I want to see them get the ball to Dimitri yeah. Stanley. Yeah, we're going to talk about that probably a lot next week. But, yeah, that's what they're going to have to do. Just get the ball in, in their hands and let them make some plays. Um, just doesn't seem like they're getting the ball in open space right now. Hey, we got another response from Kirk. He said, uh, if I got into a shouting match with Adam, he would have benched me. He said, Carl <laughs> Durrell is too nice or is a nice guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I it, it, I I know we we might be overreacting a little bit about a shouting match. I do think it was like a, a back and forth. 
um they were, they were both pretty emotional but i i don't know if like words were, were being said about each other i don't think it got personal i think they're talking about the play and all that stuff i don't know maybe he was insulting uh Darrell's mom who knows what was said there <laughs> who knows but i'm gonna assume that, that that wasn't the discussion yeah uh maybe yeah maybe maybe the mothers were getting involved we have no idea it, it may, you think uh, Darrell will get asked about it in the post game? I'm sure he will. Yeah, and he's probably already had it at this point yeah. of our uh, of our post game press conference. But he might um, just because it was on TV and there's a lot of reporters. That's the beauty of reporters that are watching the game on TV now. Yeah, um, they can ask questions about what they show on the telecast instead of just. Um, what they see. If, the if, if we were at the stadium, we would have completely missed that. There's no, like, we probably wouldn't have seen it at all. Right. Unless you get lucky and you're looking up at the TV that they have in the press oh, yeah. box. That's the only chance that you might get. So um, I guess, yeah, the, that that's actually a good thing that writers have to be at home. <laughs> hey, we found a positive. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Chase, final thoughts for today's game in the Pac-12. I, I, I froze in terms of our connection. Were you wrapping some things up there? I said final That's thoughts. What it sounded like. Go ahead. Final thoughts. Um, 4-0 buffs. They better rank them. They better rank them this week. That's my only thought. They better rank them or, or we might have to get the pitchforks out. That's it? That's all I got. All right. Oh, and shout out Jarek Broussard. We got to shout yeah. out Jarek Broussard one more time. 300 yards. Shout out Jarek Broussard. Uh, Jarek Broussard, 25 rushes, 301 yards. Ashad Clayton, two touchdowns, four attempts for 24 yards. And then, of course, Sam Neuer ran for 67 yards on six rushes. He was 12 for 19, 92 yards. The Buffaloes gave up just 422 yards to Arizona. They gained 499. They beat Arizona 24 to 13 next Friday. It's Colorado versus Utah, and Chase and I will see you about half an hour before that game on Facebook Live, too. That is right. Boo! Right. I probably blew out the levels doing that. <laughs>